Okay, welcome to the Hybrid ET panel. This is day one of this amazing conference produced by myself, Sheila Seppi, Neil Gar. Uh, Sheila, you want to just talk a little bit about your reasons for putting on a conference like this? Uh, well, of course, you know, um, about a year ago, we started what's called the Wish Alliance for Walk-Ins, Indigos, Starseeds, and Hybrids. And that came out as a result of the first walk-in conference that we had in January. And then I began to talk with uh, quite a few people, including Phil, about starting a group so that we could, you know, continue and maintain those relationships. Then the next thing that I know, we are planning to have a hybrid conference because we found that there was a lot of people that still were not clear about what it means to be a hybrid. They didn't understand if they were talking about hybrids, just generic hybridization of the human race, if they were talking about hybrids that are taken onto a ship. And there was a lot of misconceptions in both of those areas. So talking with people about what it is that they were looking for, we were able to put on this first hybrid conference. And then, of course, here we are now with our second one. And I think it's just continue to grow and learn more all of the time. And the information that's really been shared with us uh, throughout this day is the reason why we have these conferences to help us to grow, to become more enlightened and really to learn more about who we are as a human species as we are moving up in our frequencies and um, looking forward and embracing all of the energetics that's associated with the ascension process. Great. So just as people are tuning in now, why don't we just do go around me and you, I guess, and Neil, if he wants. Uh, we have Geraldina Roscoe. She is a fantastic visionary experiencer. I would say cosmic scientists understanding the technology and the genetics of the hybridization programs and what it has to do with consciousness. And I'll introduce Phil and you can introduce the other two. And then we have my good friend, Phil Gruber. We're roommates in New York, Phil. I'll never forget those early days with us. And Phil has gone on to be quite a scholar in ET sciences, uh, the culture of, of ET populations and the awakening of the true genetic code that connects us to the Adamic race. So thank you, Phil, for being here with us. And who else, Sheila? Okay, so we have Jimmy Cutie with us. And Jimmy is an experiencer, a hybrid, and he works in the entertainment industry. And Jimmy has been sharing with us a lot of his experiences that have happened with him over his lifetime. And then we have Melanie, uh, Melanie Ware. And Melanie is an author and um, a singer from hearing your voice this afternoon. She also is a channeler and a hybrid herself. And so we have a very distinguished panel with us tonight and looking forward to hear what you guys have to share about all the questions coming your way. I also want to say, if you've missed today, you can go to portaltoascension.org, look up the hybrid ET panel and get all the individual um lectures that are really an education. So one of the things that came up was in Geraldine and Phil's um, 
comments about the RH negative blood. And for me, that seems to be an upgrade in vibration um, that, you know, the human race went to in order to maybe have a different bloodline that would house a higher frequency. Uh, we'll start with you, Geraldine. What do you think about that? Yeah, I really, I'm glad that we, I get this question a lot about the RH, which is why I was asking about it. But what I see is that the RH negative um, seems to, not only is it a higher vibration, but what does that mean? It kind of is like the veil becomes thinner for those that are of RH negative in a sense where they can access um, the gene codes and the information that is available in their genetic ancestral lineage, not just ancestrally, but interdimensionally, uh, which is why I think in, in the in the different surveys that have been done through history on, on contactees, I have an ability to remember their contact. A large percentage of the contactees that recall contact and that are conscious in contact are RH negative. So that really tells us something about uh, you know, there is something to this. And of course, there's many studies around the world, including in Japan and Asia, where they talk about, um, you know, uh, that different blood types um, access different personality traits, different kinds of, of uh, I guess, I guess you can say archetypes of beings or expressions of humans. But the reason why I brought up the question is because Phil was talking about the Anahasi and how um, certain races couldn't breed with one another and I find that very interesting because of course we know that when a mother uh, with RH negative blood can um, reject um, the, the fetus of a different blood type and so when that when that happens you know there is a rejection of course there has to be uh, there's injections that could be put into the blood but oftentimes those cause a lot of side effects like birth defects and things like that in children so um, what is it that caused this kind of anomaly in our evolutionary bloodline that we cannot breed with certain blood types certain bloodlines I obviously through my uh, research and experience uh, I clearly see that certain blood types cannot breed, not just blood types, bloodlines, ancestral lineages that are carefully genetically modified through history. Um, so I want to hand it over to Phil because I want to hear his take in terms of the Anahasi. I really see a very profound connection there. And maybe you can give us some insight into how these lines um, emerge. And who are the Anahasi? Mm -hmm. It's you when you have um, the reason that a lot of races can't conceive with each other, take, uh, what's their names? Uh, uh, Prince, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Prince, uh, oh, never mind. Anyway, so uh, what's his name? Uh, Elizabeth's son, Prince, Prince Albert. Uh, Prince Charles. Charles. Charles, they, they had to bring Diana in. Uh, Charles and Camilla mm -hmm. could not conceive together. because of their lines, the electromagnetic matrices of their specific DNA templates, they cause polarization. Their DNA strands can't fuse. The codes are not uh, compatible with each other. So they had to bring Diana. The Spencer line is a Christed Grail, Maji Arthurian line to bring in those children. And then after that, they were uh, dispensable. But the RH negatives, it has to do with the electromagnetic matrices of the DNA and the code within each of the helixes. There are basically 12 
magnetic and 12 electrical codes, both of those helixes, one DNA strand, one helix is magnetic, one is electric. So you have magnetic and electric, electric, magnetic, magnetic, electric, electromagnetic. That's the shape of the helix, all right? When you have karmic miasmic buildup, it manifests as these really horrible, horribly shaped dark black crystals. The movie Dark Crystal is all about that. It distorts the shape of the helix. Helix, and what you have is magnetic, magnetic, electric, and electric. They polarize each other. They can't fuse. And the fusion and fission is really what creates the beautiful ascension elements that allow us to create these Merkaba vehicles and whatnot. But the RH negatives, again, it's 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 the result of very, very long genetic hybridization processes to produce incarnates that have abilities that allow them to to bring a lot of their DNA back together. It's a very, very complex subject. I can, I can mention what their, the gray lines are, you know, their names specifically, but all blood types have certain potentials. The RH negatives, the ones that don't have the rhesus monkey gene, they are very, very specific hybrid composites of mm -hmm. human incarnates with ex certain extraterrestrial meta and ultra terrestrial races, very specific gene codes that have very specific potentials. Well, thanks, Phil. It looked like Melanie wanted to say something about this too. Go ahead, Melanie. Oh, I didn't want to, but I will add, oh, there's always okay. something to say. No, 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 that's fine. Um, interestingly, I am an RH negative. Um, <clears throat> and what I've actually discovered and both of my children are also, uh, what I've discovered since I've been a child is that I have had very, I'm not saying that it isn't there, but I've had very little uh, negative programming and beliefs that I actually came in with and from a very young age, and I never lost it through that transitioning from being the young child into the, the teenager, into the so forth, is that I've always seen that there is no separation between myself and any other being. And if I want to contact them, I can and I will. So from a young age, I've just transported myself at will upon ships and um, had contact with any being that I felt a resonance with. I didn't go looking for them. I would actually feel a resonance with. And that is how I lived my life in a really quite an innocent way. And it wasn't, and so it's interesting that, both Geraldine and Phil sort of drew reference to that because I um, that's actually been my life. And it wasn't until I grew up on a rural property, so it wasn't until much later in life and a lot of innocence on my part and also not being exposed to the larger world that other people weren't experiencing the same thing. I actually found that quite astonishing because, and rather than me finding it just astonishing that other people weren't experiencing the same thing. It's because we all do naturally have that same ability. So that was the programming that I had that, of course, we all have the ability to access any other being, any other dimension, any other reality if we actually choose. Um, it was me actually understanding that people weren't of that same belief that I actually found astonishing. So that's how... Um, yeah, I, I relate to the to the RH negative a lot. And then I've actually lost children as well and had uh, complications with that. But I've had two beautiful children now that, that share the same bloodline. They share the same bloodline. Do they share the same uh, ET connection as you? I believe so, yes. Although one of them is more, um, 
I think I mentioned this last time, he's very much, he doesn't require, it's a, it's a very different generation. My children are 20 and about to turn 22 and they don't require the subcategories that we actually need. That's the best way of summarizing it. Great. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy, do you have anything to say about that subject? Uh, the RH in particular? The sort of, um, you know, upgrade of human um, frequencies within the actual physical structures to hold the higher vibrations? Um, I mean, generally speaking, and there's definitely a lot of truth to that. And from my own experience, that's what they showed me. You know, my guides very early on, it was my DNA that allowed me to interface and flip on the Merkaba within myself. And so I didn't know what was happening again, like I explained earlier, as I was seeing the downloads and they were showing this to me clairvoyantly, but it was through research later, you know, wonderful researchers and writers that I was piecing it together. And so um, yeah, I thank all of you. There. Just one last thing. Yeah. And I may have to go in a minute, but just to Phil, close don't, that. Don't leave me, Phil. Don't leave me. Just to close <laughs> that question. The RH negatives for the most part, um, they represent the primary grail, what they call the Maji Arthurian grail lines on the planet. They're their seed, their ancestry genetic lineage goes back to a race we call the Orophim. And they are a composite genetic code of Syrian Azurite, Syrian blues, um, Lyran Syrian Anuhazi, and uh, a race called the Elohai Emerald, and the founders race Melchizedek. This is why they say in the Bible, the meek shall inherit the earth. There's no direct translation in the Aramaic Canaanite for the word meek. Meek is an acronym. Mel, Melchizedek, meek, me-ek, Melchizedek. So the earth is our, is our inheritance. We are, the, we are the final root races to come in the sixth and seventh root races that carry the highest genetic codes for the whole planet. It's not just us. When we birth here, we leave imprints of our DNA. And um, now, now all incoming souls have those same genetic potentials. And you're gonna see this. And it's also just to close, you can change your blood type with a thought, mm -hmm. with the proper thoughts. I've seen it happen. Where, because the DNA again, is just a, a crystallization of thoughts. Yeah, but the thoughts are very much embedded. Within and people will ask, well, why do we have DNA in the first place? Well, why? Why do we have, speaking of beds, where's my, where's my uh, futon? Um, we, why do we have DNA in the first place? Yes, it's to pass traits, but the true function of DNA is the mechanism that we use to ascend. It's through the DNA that the Merkaba vehicle and the electromagnetic spirals in and throughout and through us are generated. It all comes through the DNA. Well, and the doesn't the DNA, the DNA also is there to hold consciousness within form, within the form. And as we increase the um, vibration yeah, of the DNA through its spiral mechanism, the consciousness increases. So That's it's right. both. It's both to hold us in form and ascend us in form. So that's, that's what I right. Think. We have to maintain the form in order to be able to ascend and evolve right. into different forms. It has to be held first. That's a very important point, Alan. Thank you for that. Oh, we have to be grounded in that. 
Okay. Well, hang out as long as you I was just going to, I just wanted to say, you know, a lot of people now are talking about the triple helix DNA and the Mm -hmm. fact that they are able to um, detect that through some type of measurement through the plasmatic field. Do you know anything about that, Phil, or uh, Geraldine, or Melody, or Jimmy? Good question. We might even throw in the 12-strand DNA as well, as, as if we know anything about that, because that was a big popular subject. So does anyone know mm-hmm. anything? Yeah, I don't know about the technique utilized or how they read it. I don't know what that is specifically. I'd have to research to be able to say anything about it. But um, um, yes, uh, I know that, you know, as we activate more strands of our DNA, it becomes triple helix. And we even actually have even more helixes available to us that are connected to the morphogenetic field that are non-physical. So we do have the ability of activating that. I think it's through DNA activation that we can access that information. What about you, Phil? Anything about the triple strand? Yeah, can, can you run the question by me again? I kind of spaced for a minute. <laughs> Go ahead. Basically, I was just asking if you had any knowledge about the triple strand DNA. There's a lot of people talking about that now and the fact that they're able to detect it through some type of uh, measurement that they're doing of plasma fields. Yeah, they, they, they do. The, the instrumentality, the instrumentation to actually look into that is available, but not to the mainstream of course they have known i've talked to geneticists way back many many years ago that are insiders that know the truth of our dna and the potentials held within our dna and that what really is the junk dna what is the purpose of our dna the codes within the dna the fire codes between the strands that allow the strands to come together the secret of ascension really is the helixes coming together and when the strands come together, that fusion creates this beautiful blue photonic light that many people know is celestine. And this blue, it's a radioactive silicate. It's a hyperluminal element. And this is as it circulates through the body, it progressively de-densifies the body, releases the Merkaba spirals, right? That allow us to create the, the Jimmy references that creates the Merkaba light vehicle. And that is our vehicle for time travel. That is our consciously directed and dedicated vehicle that we can shift, that we can experience multidimensional reality. And I, get, I, and I think, again, the, the moral of the story is freedom. Why, why do all this work? And I think it's to be able to extend love and grace to all of creation, you know? Right. And well, the DNA plays the major role in well, of this. of course, the DNA is life. We're talking about manifested life. So DNA is the foundation for that. And the magic of something of the DNA, it is sort of a spark though. It's not just chemical amino acids coming together. There's like an essence or a uh, hyperdimensional spark that actually activates the spiral. Well, you know as well as I do, J.J. and Desiree, in the Book of Knowledge, the Keys of Enoch, goes into great detail about the language of the DNA. 
Yeah. You know, in the codes that are, the nucleotide base pairs and all that stuff that is converted. That is what the language is. The language is the language of angels and the language of wave patterns and very specifically organized uh, composites of scalar waves or wave motion. And that is really the key. Mm. Well, okay, stick around, Phil. I, I just wanted yeah. to switch topics a little bit because Melanie, you talked about the, was it the six hybrid race you were talking about? Mm -hmm. so, and there's a whole resistance movement within the hybrid population by people saying they don't want to have their genetics manipulated to become a six hybrid race. Have you been aware of some of that discussion? And uh, very, very little. I'm on a very different timeline, to be honest with you. Um, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be really transparent and say I don't see it that way myself. However, I can understand why many do. For me, this comes down to the basics of there is no manipulation that you haven't agreed upon at some level within yourself. Right. And, and I, I find that to be a very strong belief. Um, I've had that since, when I, since I was a child that I don't believe that any other being um, has the right or will interfere with me in any way. Have I experienced, um, I don't even like to use the word abduction, but have I experienced been taken aboard ships? Yes, but I have healed those timelines. I've actually integrated those timelines. And for those out there that are listening, unless you actually go into that pain and whether it's something that you can do yourself or you seek out somebody within your local community to do so, to help you bring a true level of resolve to that trauma that's there, that will remain at the forefront of being a fear or some level of manipulation that you're afraid of with us actually evolving our consciousness to be the six hybrid race. I mean, the six hybrid race, the name for it, and this was brought through by Bashar, not myself, is Anani Ka. And the interpretation of that is the place of the ancient mothers. Uh -huh. Also no ancestor spirit. So, um, I do believe that how other people are actually seeing what potentially could come from us being six hybrid race, of course, is going to be filtered through their own belief systems. And that is where our work is individually and as a collective for us to be able to heal those levels of trauma. That's why I always explain that open contact is an inside job first if you don't have that level of intimacy with yourself and self-inquiry and being able to sit in your own dark recesses and look at why you're really afraid rather than project it onto other beings to be the cause of it, um, well, then you're going to stay on that timeline and probably very honestly experience something that you don't prefer. Wait, I'm just trying to understand in terms of like human relations in a way you're saying you agreed to everything but yet there's trauma so have we agreed to the trauma that would happen for our own evolution i'm just trying to understand yeah absolutely because it's only ever us it's only ever you and you within this projection right this hall of mirrors so any experiences that we have we have agreed to on some level yes unconsciously yes on a much higher level i am somebody that hasn't 
I've had a lot of very physical human traumas that I've actually had to deal with, but I also have the belief that there is really no, never ever a victim or a perpetrator, that we're both playing part in this in the story together. And if anything, if you think about the role of the perpetrator and what's actually required of them, in a way, they could be seen as a victim of what they agree to and the level of density that they actually choose to play into. So I'm not taking sides it's actually about to me it's also why the Merkabah or the crystalline tetrahedron or the trinity is so important because it's not about one or the other but it's about blending the two together so we can come together at that unity consciousness at the top mm. it's not there isn't a right or wrong here but it is the level of work that we actually do on ourselves yeah i get that get that what about you jimmy do you, do you create this experience for yourself or do you feel like a higher level or were you got, did you go kicking and screaming to the, <laughs> um, you know, it's a little bit of both. It's, it's realizing you've set this up for yourself and our individual journeys and, you know, those hardest lessons, especially awakening to contact is it's definitely an agreement. Um, I've still kicked and screamed my way through it at times. Um, like I love it and want to experience more of it at the same time I'm like am I really ready for the next step and it's you know it's finding that balance and doing it in a healthy way where you don't you know because I don't want to lose my humanity and my relationship with my other fellow humans and feel like I've gone so far I can't you know dial it back and so for me it's always been um Interesting journey. Still going through it, obviously, like we all are. Well, you're still going through it. I think this is the crossroads we face as a planetary civilization where we're all going to be going through it because ready or not, here they come. And uh, <laughs> Geraldine, how are we going to deal with it as the population? Yes, like according to Melanie, called it in, but they are going to, they are not prepared oh that's all though the subtitle of my book was preparing for the new realities of extraterrestrial existence but <laughs> how are we gonna how are we gonna prepare for that Geraldine? um yeah well you know what i think it's a <laughs> it's an inside job because again as you mentioned earlier we co-create our reality and i think that the more we understand the me mechanics of co-creation understand that again we live we're spheres within spheres of experience interdimensionally and we are literally all of the encoding in our genetic data is expressing into every kind of experience that we're having so we need to address that base data code of what is projecting the experience we are source experiencing infinite potential so there is no right and wrong in what we're experiencing essentially we are experiencing creation at whatever level that is whatever level that is so that being said when it comes to actually interacting with these beings we have to understand we are not physical 100 percent. we are interdimensional and as soon as we begin to really get that into our minds and understand how that functions we're going to begin to look at these beings as you know we, very similar to us, interdimensional. They might be manifestations of something uh, strange, rare, different, unknown. But in reality, if we understand how we manage and co-create frequency, direct the intention towards creation, 
by resonance, as we talked about earlier in the morphogenetic field, literally the form is created by the environment. It feeds into the creation of an organism. So that being said, we're not just randomly creating events. We are, we are interconnected, co-creating all of the things that we're experiencing, including the, the intermeshing of our human race with these interdimensional beings, which are a reflection, an extension of ourselves in these dimensional planes. So mm -hmm. I think it's an, it's an inside job that we really need to um, learn how to, how to manage. The knowing of the self is the knowing of the universe. The mastery over this vessel is the mastery of all dimensional plane. It doesn't matter how or who. And your book is helping us step in that direction, as well as all these other things that are coming out. I mean, you know, the drip disclosure that we have is saying, yes, this exists. Okay, great. So now we're going to have these conversations about all the wonderful experiencers here that are um, talking about what that looks like, you know, so we have to keep the conversation going so that people can begin to educate on what it means to interact interdimensionally. Well, are we co-creating it? I'll ask Phil this too. Or did we all create it way ahead of time to have these experiences? Or is there something moving and changing and manifesting the unknown? You so know, that's, yeah. yeah, I love that question. But but if you if you look at the, the field, you know, it's like fields within fields. The morphogenetic field has an intelligence of its own. So imagine we are in this field that created as a result of source experiencing infinite potential. Within that infinite potential, we get to explore. We, we are Geraldine, I am Sheila, I'm, I'm Melanie, I'm Phil, I'm Jimmy, and I'm Alan. I'm all of you simultaneously. So in that case, we are, we, like the intelligence of source is experiencing through us this infinite potential. I think that it's not, it's not that we are uh, co-creating in the way that we think we're actually manufacturing the experience. Mm -hmm. We're exploring potential extensions of ourselves in a fractal form. You know, and we're doing that in different dimensional planes. The idea is that for us to become conscious in the self that is Geraldine, in the self that is the hybrid, in the self that is the uh, ET, uh, let's say Arcturian, whatever uh, being, I'm becoming aware of myself as the whole. And that's how we become one with all. I think that's essentially what we're doing. So there is no, uh, it exists already. In, in a sense, we are experiencing the whole simultaneously and there's infinite potential. So it's not like what happened before or after. Mm -hmm. But at, at the same time, I think that evolution or ascension, uh, which I don't really think there is an ascension like that. I think we are experiencing this spiral motion, um, which we are all experiencing different different aspects of vibrational existence in different dimensions. So I think we're experiencing that naturally as, as a natural aspect. That's good. I'm not getting personal, Phil, but how do you experience the whole, the wholeness of the things, you know, the whole thing? I wish I was more, uh, I wish I was more Gerald. I certainly would love to have the hair I used to have. You know? <laughs> I love Geraldine's hair though. Mm -hmm. It's so exotic. Man, I used to have hair like that. Anyway, uh, and maybe one day I will again. But I totally agree with Melanie. I agree with all of you. This has been an agreement, a collective, an individual as part of the collective. Again, I, as I said before, the, really, the real healing of humanity is going to be acknowledging the common core of creation. Mm -hmm. You know, 
that, that we all share. When, when Bashar, when Daryl talks about the sixth hybrid race, we can talk about the, the sixth root race, the Paradisians, the Melchizedeks. Future ET hybridized races. You know, I've always wanted to develop some kind of like common lexicon because I realized that we're always talking about the same thing, but we have different, maybe different points of reference. Mm -hmm. You know, we are, you brought up the big question just a few minutes ago. You, you brought up the most profound, significant questions we ask ourselves as, as embodied souls. Where do we come from? What's our, why are we here? And we are, I believe we are here by agreement. Sometimes maybe the agreements aren't fully conscious. Maybe they are, maybe uh, they, they, they rest on degrees of naivete, um, ignorance, I don't know, uh, conscious volition, but we are certainly beginning to realize that there's a grand purpose, that there is a purpose, that mm -hmm. the fact that we're here implies that we are here for a purpose. And just what like is the purpose, Phil? What tell us that give us the answer, the secret to creation? What is the purpose? <laughs> okay, we'll come back to you about that. <laughs> this is when you go to the when you go to the Western Wall, when you go to Jerusalem, you know, when you're done banging your head on the wall, you look to the left. This is what the rabbis, the Tibetans, these are the most perplexing, pertinent, profound questions we ask ourselves and i think our journey is geraldine and we all alluded to jimmy melanie sheila we all is that our purpose here is to be is to continue the process of taking these fragments and putting them together just like the junk dna as we begin to real reassemble the dna we reassemble ourselves we real we realize ourselves we come into God realization or ourselves as inseparable from that one collective consciousness, whatever we choose to call it, that gave us life. You know, I like that. That's a good answer. That's a very good answer. That um, was what I'm not allowed to, to say anything beyond that. Not at the moment. What do you mean allowed? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> well, um, okay, let's go. Um, there was something in the chat. There was this comment by Devi uh, Sheila. Do you want to read that? I think it's kind of interesting what she's saying. Not the chat, the Q and A. On the Q and A. Okay. Q and A. Yeah. All right. Interdimensional celestial fire gene code grail blood. Shall we? during the panel also discuss or explore potentials of ongoing continued founder genetic star race emergences. In other words, evolutionary hybridization is also about birthing pure source light now embodied embodying into human form via the archetypes, 32 centers of light and the centers for the planetary oneness. Devi is designated to become the first embodied human, and it is the uh, precursor for what is coming, midwifing our hybrid human of pure source code. Right. Okay. Well, that's a lot to go on. That, that is from Devi Grace, but she's mm -hmm. quoting Carol Fitzpatrick. So um, let's talk about then um, the founder genetics and the um you know the plan because i think maybe it is unfolding but it's all been planned out somehow so anybody want to 
Uh, Jimmy, any ideas? Uh, you mean about the founder races in particular, like their plan? Um, this might be a good question for Phil. He might be able to clue me in well, here. <laughs> I mean, I just, just to be very the briefest of briefs, you know, um, the fruit of the loom. We all are fruits of the loom, the loom of life. Um, we just, Jimmy, you know, it's all of us. Remember, our history is so complex. We're talking about hundreds of millions, hundreds of billions of years. We've come so far, you know, we're really on the precipice. We are in such a critical juncture in our tenure here as embodied souls. We're as close as we've ever come to understanding the, the most pertinent and perplexing questions we've ever asked ourselves. And I think our continuing journey and evolutionary process is to bring the lost fragments of ourselves where God's holy sparks back into oneness realization of the oneness and again that common core of creation there are things that just can't be expressed in human language right now other mm -hmm. than just that smile that knowing smile that we know we're all here like in Herman Hesse's journey to the east mm -hmm. when you join the league you have a common purpose but you all have your individual dreams and fantasies too when you reach that that place we're all on an evolutionary journey with, with each other, with ourselves as expressions of the one God source, however you choose to imagine it. But I think this is the mystery and this is the magic and this is, this is, this is why we're here. Well, I just want to add one thing to that, Phil. I, it seems like the, and I think this is why we're doing the conference and everybody's here listening because the modality of consciousness is shifting. What was the old answers for why we were here and all that? It's like, okay, we got that, but there's something new coming into the scope of human awareness and intellect. And that's what Geraldine is bringing out is that there's an upgrade of awareness. And as we become the new human beings, I think we can ask the new questions is sort of, and what, and what does the six hybrid race, Melanie, really want? I mean, maybe you addressed that in the lecture, but why is that so important that there is a six hybrid race? Well, in, in simple terms, it is the evolution of our consciousness. It is us actually understanding that we can climatize ourselves to actually live with our galactic family, that we can actually share our planet. In the in the current form that we are in and the current um, on some of the timelines that many of us are on is that we've only got without some type of um, galactic assistance, we've only got 80 to 100 years left here on this planet with the direction that we're actually headed in. So it's a destructive sort of thing that humans like to do. Yeah, yeah. And of course, there's many different timelines, but we're actually needing their assistance. But even with their assistance beyond technologies and what they can actually help us with regards to energy and all that type of thing, it's for us to even be able to become the six hybrid brace, it's actually, again, comes back to the level of work that we actually need to do on ourselves. As they've said, we need to meet them 50-50. They cannot come into our vibration without us actually raising our vibration to a place where we can actually 
assimilate with them and they also actually have to assimilate with our planet as well so it's the work that we need to do in ourselves I know this sounds like it's coming full circle but it is about knowing self it is self-realization it is actually I do believe in what's said about what is our purpose here is being as authentically ourselves as we can be that also means realizing what isn't me what are the programs? What are the conditioning? What have I compartmentalized that isn't me? And each time we actually strip that back and we actually address our wounds and we heal, we do come closer to being more of our essence, which is more of our, uh, our natural self, our authentic self. And we're able to express that in a number of ways. And when we can express that, we can live then more so as a multidimensional being that we know that we have this type of galactic lineage and families that are around us and wanting to make contact with us. But how about we actually start living in a way where we are a multidimensional being and therefore we can make contact with them. It's not just up to them. It's up to us as well. So that's how I see the six hybrid race. One of the ways it evolving is that we actually living in that way. Right. Yeah. Is is that true for you? Oh, go ahead, Sheila. Were you going to say something? Yeah. Well, I was just going to say right now, it it seems like there are so many people that are, you know, talking about um, spiritual movement, spiritual advancement, raising their frequency. And then on the other hand, we have another whole group that's still dropping into the old paradigm ways of thinking. And so I could see where the energy on this planet is vacillating back and forth and that it may not be time for us as a human race to actually be able to advance altogether. Now, for me, what I personally am hoping and see is that we are all raising our frequencies and that more and more of the third dimensional paradigm will start to just melt away. And then in that, whether it is that we make the extraterrestrial contact or we move ourselves into a higher consciousness place, I think is yet to be determined. But I do see this uh, more and more frequently where people are dropping into their ability to release, to let go, to do that personal healing, to you know do that shadow work. And for me, when I see that, it seems as if their frequencies are rising. And so we just have, we just have a lot of, um, all of us, I think, still have a lot of work yet to do because we're still in the human condition. So I don't know, Melody, if that's exactly what you were referring to or not, but I know that so many people are now shifting into higher consciousness and doing more study and, you know, doing more personal work, or at least that's what I have observed. Well, let me, yeah, I go ahead, Melanie, go ahead. Sorry, Ellen. I was going to say, I I wholeheartedly agree with that. And it, it does come back to that simple analogy of being able further. We can draw that arrow back the further it actually will shoot forward into the light. And it's a simple analogy, but it is so true. I know that for me in my process of actually wanting to vocal channel and open up to new beings and access more of my higher self and the oversoul and so forth, um, the only way up is in. And that's the only way that I'm actually able to raise my frequencies by doing the inner work. And just when you think you're there, it's when we've got to pause and actually go deeper again. But it's also remembering that glass wall terminology is that just because we're 
in a, a higher density or a higher level of consciousness to other beings, it doesn't mean that we can't see them and interact with them. And in fact, that by us staying heart-centered and in that unity mindset and out of judgment, when we come across that person in the supermarket that's acting inappropriately or not what you would prefer, and you're staying heart-centered, they're more likely to lean into your vibration if they can actually see it. So it's not as if we're going to completely separate. The timelines will still be there for quite a while where we'll actually be able, we need to be able to see each other because we need to be able to be of service in that way, sometimes in a very non-obvious way, just by being yourself. And they need to see something where it makes them think, why is she so happy? Why is she so content? Why? And it just gives them that reason to pause and think about their life differently. So I think having um, the duality there in that way is very important. Great. Now, I was just going to go back to Jimmy because, Jimmy, you had to deal with some personal stuff. How do you deal with it? How do you process? How do you take your experiences and evolve the self practically? Um, it, it involves a lot of, um, I mean, it's, it's simple as it is profound. It, you really have to sit with yourself and clear. I mean, even in a contact experience, you can have a hundred questions come up. You're not prepared for that. And so you'll have <laughs> a lot more questions than answers. And the only way to really, you know, get to the core of what it is for you is to sit with yourself and clear out all the questions you have and it can be an extremely difficult process um but you know in talking to people like sheila barbara lambs and the phils and all the people of the world you know helping other people evolve uh, it's definitely sometimes you need an extra you need extra help from the others it's it's not always something you can do alone what well, do you want to share one little incident that you if, you, if it's not too personal or if it is personal, I mean, do you feel, because I think the specifics, there's people listening who are who are trying to deal with that, you know, issue and how did you approach it? Like, um, I would say when I learned that I had a bilateral link and I could call to them and they could show. What does that mean? Bilateral means? Um, calling out to whether it's your guides or a craft and they come in uh, um, what most people would call CE five work these days. Um, right. You know, when I realized I had that ability, um, it was very jarring because you know, it changes everything you think about yourself when you can reach out interdimensionally like that. And it actually shows up. And for me, you know, it took me a good decade or more to really get comfortable with that, and it's only been in the last couple of months that I've re-engaged those abilities and I've had them showing back up confidently without me getting completely um, ungrounded about it or getting into my head. So it's just required a lot of meditation, um, just getting very grounded and centered within myself, knowing I'm still in control. Because um, it can be overwhelming, even, even positive contact if you're not, you know. Yeah incomplete self-love of yourself you can get you know, self -love. <laughs> yeah that's great i think this is what geraldine deals with all the time when people come to her as hybrid mothers and all that and people are so confused you want to talk about that process geraldine 
too, but I also, I wanted to add something to what you guys were talking about earlier in, in an area which I differ slightly in some of the things. I just want to bring it to the conversation. Um, you know, I, I notice in, in our community, uh, sometimes there's a tendency to turn things into kind of like this dogmatic concept of something external coming to save us like the ETs are coming or they're waiting or they're coming to merge or they're going to assist and I um, you know after looking at kind of like how this system kind of works like I tend to believe that if we continue to externalize our power and think that we are going to become or we're going to transition into 5D or we're going to turn into something or we're waiting for the sixth race. You know, in the book of Thomas, there was a, a passage where Jesus talked and he said, um, you know, you are that embodiment like don't be waiting for the Christ to be coming or for this you know resurrection or this rebirth and it's like every generation we reach this pinnacle point of consciousness and information and then we turn it into this dogmatic concept that something will come and save us and I feel very um, uh, adamant of expressing to people that that there is nothing coming like you are it and how we co-create experiences is the work that we do and there's nothing else other than that because our evolution and our activation of our genetic code is what allows us to experience things beyond the physical realm and that's and that's pretty much like in the in the physics what we're experiencing here um, so I just wanted to mention that because what happens is that people then are like waiting and they're like, oh, I need to uh, activate myself in order for ETs to want to connect with me or to merge mm -hmm. with me. And that's not the way that functions. It's from the inside out. And there is nothing that we're waiting. We are, we are the, I don't know this concept of sixth race, but we are these uh, hybrids um, that are genetically modified that have the ability to activate our DNA into the aspect of ascension, if you want to call it ascension, you know, so I just wanted to mention that, but when it comes to uh, healing, um, I, uh, when, when we work with people, I think one of the most empowering aspects is to understand the mechanics of creation um, for everyone, because then we can move out of that victim role, again, as a great segue, thinking that something external is causing us harm or causing us suffering or we are victims to anything. We are absolutely not victims to absolutely anything, and that's something that a lot of people, of course, because of the construct of the hum humanity, the ego, needs to define, and through the eye of separation we forget that we are creators so if we look at that 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 those levels of ascension the lowest point is the one that feels separate the one that believes they're separate or um, different than something and and that that's something that I'm hoping in this lifetime we can gently uh, compassionately shift out of into the truth which is the connection to nature everything is a natural balance and we are experiencing infinite potential in that natural balance when we understand that we can take a lot of control in how we are interacting in these realms and even end parasitic aspects of ourselves that we're interacting with um, so this is something that I try to teach, you know, my my um, clients and people that come to my support group to really dive into those topics to try to understand what is happening. And it's great that people are talking about their contact experiences because every person is a important puzzle piece to getting a clear picture of of the whole. So, well, that's good. I mean, yeah. I, I appreciate you that too. That the viewpoint, because one of the things that I love is, you know, we are all 
an aspect of the source energy. And we're just having these um, experiences right now. We're experiencing being a human. And we all are having experiences based on what our perceptions are, where our guides are, where our collectives are, the information that's being shown or fed to us, all based on where we are as these, you know, eternal fractalizations of source. And so it's really uh, beautiful to hear so many um, different sides, you know, like if source is the crystal and we're all different fractalizations, depending on how the light is hitting as to what our perception of that light actually is. And I just think this is a, a beautiful conversation and beautiful dialogue. And thank you so much for bringing that forward. Right. Well, yeah, Phil, I also want to ask you, when you change timelines, you change the decisions that you will make that will affect the being as well. But well, uh, that's what I want to ask. But what did you want to say, Phil? Phil. Me? Oh. Yeah, Phil Gruber. Philip Gruber. Philip J. Gruber. It's interesting. I, I like that Geraldine brought up the the Christ because, you know, in the Gospel of Mary, many of the apocryphal Gospels they talk about how Jesus and Magdalene kissed, you know, he we kiss her often. It's never specified whether he kissed her on the kissed her on the mouth. But the fact is that the root of the word kiss yes. comes from the Scottish Gaelic kife. And kife means to appear without disguise. Like Melanie was talking about to be authentic, to be genuine. That's when you can engage in that sacred kiss, like in the worship of the Eucharist, to be authentic, to be genuine, to be everything that you are in that moment. The fact that we're ET future hybrids, whatever, well, that, is, that indicates that there is a future. We've come <laughs> from the future that there is a future. That all time is simultaneously, we're all feathers in each other's wings. I think Johnny Cash said it best when he said, I keep a close watch on this heart of mine. <laughs> I keep my eyes wide open all the time. I keep the ends out for the ties that bind because you're mine. I walk the line. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Okay. So do we need to become a sixth man ahead of his time? Okay. I would just want to ask Melanie then, if we're walking the line, do we need to become, can't the humans save themselves? Do we have to become a sixth hybrid race? Is there some redeeming parts? Like, like Geraldine said, it's always about becoming something, but who we are is enough if we just listen to who we are, I guess. <clears throat> yeah, well, look, it's we have the free will and the power to choose. I by no means ever felt that we're ever being saved um, or that we're ever, when I made reference to we are becoming the six hybrid race, it is the hybrid race here where we will blend with our galactic races and family, but it will only happen when we are ready and at all times we actually have the choice. It's something that the hybrids are most 
They have very specific protocols around this. It's things that are monitored and councils and meetings that is watched so closely. And it's not up to anybody else apart from ourselves. And we aren't being saved by anybody else. But when we can blend with them, we will live more multidimensionally where we can actually share our planet with them. Do we have, we don't have to become anything if we don't want to. You can shift to a version of Earth to a timeline where you stay exactly as you are or where you don't have any contact at all. We all have different experiences. And as you know, there's millions of timelines that are happening simultaneously and we actually get that choice. So um, I wholeheartedly agree that it's always about, for me, me and me and where I'm at within myself. Um, and also what Geraldine mentioned is um, nature. nature. Nature is absolutely Gaia, this earth, this planet, um, is my greatest reference, my greatest muse, who I actually um, spend most of my time with when I'm not with my family. And that when we can actually live as one with her, as an extension of her, harmoniously, learning how to read the subtleties where nature is always speaking to us, whether it's the wind up against our cheek, whether it's the leaf that falls as you walk out the front door, whether it's no matter what it is, the way the ocean hits the sand, she is always speaking to us. And the more that we can actually be in harmony with our own earth, the more that we can live in harmony with other races that actually wish to coexist with us here. So we all have choices. I don't think there's any one definitive. How does the earth feel about breathing, breeding with other planetary non-earth beings? Or maybe that's how the earth evolves itself. I mean, the earth, we're in these earth bodies and yet the earth is being, you know, complemented or upgraded by non-earth life forms. Does that bother the earth? Well, first of all, you could ask her yourself, Alan, as I'm sure that you could, but no, I'm just, I'm just oh, playing no, with you. Good. Thank you. No, I no, 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 no. I'm just playing you. But at the same <laughs> time, in, re in response to that, I believe it's actually her herself that's actually called in these higher frequency beings. It's her. I actually believe that Gaia herself is um, a sister planet to Sirius. So mm -hmm. it, it's actually her and her consciousness that's actually called in these higher density beings. So, and does Gaia have a agreements i can't see why not all right but i, I have i yeah but i have actually learned to um communicate with them and of course the more we raise our frequency and adjust to those subtleties then we actually can realize which is something the astral teaches us that things like elemental beings and phase and spirit beings and uh the the nature spirits and the crystal kingdom how they are always there and in communication with us and you actually start to um, see beyond the veil and actually see how they're there in our peripheral vision all the time. The veil's very thin. That's great. I like that mm -hmm. answer. Thank you. That was educational. Uh, Jimmy, anything to add to that and some of the tools that we can use to help this kind of a simulation of body, mind, consciousness, soul? You know, I, I would just say, again, really simply, um, like Melanie said, you know, get in nature as much as possible. Um, get into those biorhythms with the planet. And, um, you know, clearing your own head and your ego away, who we think we are and who we can. And just getting back in touch with who we really are, this pure energy is uh, so simple, but can be really, really happy. 
I think yeah. that's probably the easiest way to get back in touch with your soul intelligence too. To be no. blamed, ironically. <laughs> that's right. And so uh, Geraldine then, um, where's it going to, if, so if we're co-creating like Phil says and we're moving, um, what's our destiny? What is, is there, there's no end, but what's the next phase look like? I know you've been talking about that for five years or more, but what, what's a practical next step for all of us to take? I think it's, it's very simple, like Melanie and Jimmy and, and everyone here was talking about, is to come back to nature. And I think that right now there's a pinnacle uh, kind of split that is available to humankind, which is the inorganic and the organic. What does that mean? When we fall asleep back into a state of hypnosis, we essentially become like artificial intelligence because we're barely operating on a very a small aspect of our consciousness. And essentially we have absolutely no free will in the way that we think. You know, we're mostly just repeating patterns from our genetic data that is repetitive through the ancestral cyclical karmic cycle of, in, of reincarnation. So I guess when, when we have a choice and we understand that, um, we can begin to deprogram matrix programming in order to begin to activate the ability to transcend um, in a way. And as, as we talked about earlier, we become one with the whole. So I would say that as we teach ourselves, learn how to come into a state of bliss, move that vortex as fast as possible uh, in a clear, uh, multidimensional way. We be begin to become aware of ourselves as the entire multiverse and beyond, as source. We become source and we anchor source into this earth. Gurdjieff used to say that earths are actually developed humans like ancient ancient souls that have manifested into earth form but i think what you know what he may have meant by that is again this concept of the fields within fields within these infinite multiverses that we become we experience so i think if we connect to nature the most organic aspects of ourselves um, we are going to be always ahead because um, artificial intelligence and technology always mimics the natural. We ourselves, we don't even know the complexities of the body, how it does such incredible mechanisms, even in nature, in animals around the world, have these secret ways of creation that we, our mind can't even comprehend. So mm -hmm. we're still learning, you know, and as we go through this cycle of evolution, which we're in right now, um, and we move into the next phase, humanity is reaching a pinnacle point. So we're gonna need to choose, are you going towards the organic or are you gonna go towards the inorganic? So I think, uh, in my opinion, we're kind of just choosing from there and well this is where the indigenous people around the world of course the aborigines in australia the native americans here they use that and on the other side of that this is just my little conspiracy mind is that the matrix the negative based matrix has then taken over our our ability to think and think about ourselves as organic beings and have manipulated us to to disconnect and so i think that 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 is dropping down but i think it's still in play a bit don't you think so mr phil dr phil you know i gotta tell you this is the closest i've i've come to tears um in, in one of these uh panels or these conferences i don't know i 
I just, I just, I'm, I'm really on the verge of tears. What doesn't happen. Doesn't is, happen very often. Last time it happened, I got a pie with extra cheese, and that just opened my heart. What to is everybody. bringing you to tears besides the pie? What is bringing? You to, <laughs> what is it, Phil? But um, I just life. It all. Life is so precious. The gift of life is just so precious. And I, I, I just, I, I love you all. You know, I just. That that that's really all I have to say. In 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 closing, because life is so precious, you know. Thank you. Really. Yeah. And our and our journey here is back to innocence. I'm sure. In the Pits of Sophia, Jesus looked for a mother. He was looking for a soul that lived in a state of innocence, who only thought in divine pictures, who only saw every, who had respect and reverence for all that lives, you know. So that that's it for me. Thank thank you all. I love you all very much. Maybe uh, you, Alan, most of all. I don't know. Well, I've known you the longest, Phil. <laughs> I, I met you before you were Phil Gruber. This is true. Distant star. No, thank. Are you leaving us? Are you going somewhere? Are you is, are you saying goodbye? Yeah, I think I'm saying goodbye. It's um, I'm really on the verge of tears now, and uh, maybe I'll just turn my my video off. Why right? can't you give us what? Oh, I wanted to see what tear come. <laughs> there it is. Just I'm really I'm just I'm just a, I'm just a, you know I'm just feeling the I'm I, feeling the love feeling the love. All right, thanks, Phil. I'll ask Geraldine that question. You think the matrix is still in place? That is because everything that that you've said is putting us at, at where we're supposed to have been in the first place. You know, being born with the knowledge of the incarnational power to change and create, that's where it's supposed to have been. And now we're fighting for it in a level. And so is it still in place, the old matrix, or have we broken free? I think that it's uh, it's up to us, right? It's it's whether we choose to experience as conscious, conscious aware consciousness, or if we choose to be dormant in hypnosis, uh, or this dreamlike state. So uh, when we align in the dormant state, we go back to sleep. We can't access free will of any kind. We're just repeating patterns. So we continue in the parasitic model of the matrix, and that is affecting not just the physical life but interdimensional. So, for example, parasitic programs in high and things like that where we become fractalized in many different ways whether it's through trauma or experiences um, so I think it's completely a choice and 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 I think in a way these concepts of reaching 5d or embodying this next step is really in a way to show that each person is choosing the reality that they're going to be co-creating and uh, experiencing we we are a universe into ourselves so I think that you know we create our own universal multiversal experience I think mm, mm. yeah well, I think Sheila, you're onto something with your Galactic Alliance. You know, you are really pushing the envelope of something new, and it's about. You want to talk about your vision of the Galactic Alliance? Oh, of course. You know, right now I feel like more than ever we have star seeds who are waking up. 
who are realizing that their soul eminence actually arrived from another planet. They're having memories of being in other cultures, in other star systems. We have a very active walk-in program of which I was part of. And we have a lot of people who are now embodying more of their own higher divine essence. And as they begin to wake up, they begin to share experiences. And we want to be sure to provide a safe place where they can share their, their experiences, where they have the opportunity to speak, to be heard, to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they're not alone, that this is happening to many, many people. And one of the things we try to do is we have what's called the family uh, reunion, where we just basically have the open mic and everyone gets to share their stories. But we also focus on bringing, you know, education and, you know, really high level programming so that people as they're waking up can be supported in this spiritual growth. And so I've been, I mean, I am just overwhelmed by the love and the support that we've received through the Galactic Alliance. And if you look through that list of ambassadors or even the emissaries or luminaries, whatever, you're going to see such a vast array of people who have experiences and talents um, that you really don't find in one location that are they're there really to help co-create in a non-competitive fashion, which, you know, is near and dear to my heart. Um, you know, I don't I just use this all the time. I don't like to play in the sandbox by myself. I have too much unity consciousness. I want other people in there that, you know, we can laugh and play and have fun uh, together. And so, you know, the Galactic Alliance is a place where anyone who's having any type of experience, that's one reason why we expanded from WISH, because a lot of people thought WISH was just for walk-ins, indigos, starseeds, and hybrids, and they didn't really understand the magnitude of the hybrids. And they would ask, well, I'm an angelic being, or they would say, I'm a dimensional being, and is this an organization for me? And it's like, of course it is. And so this new rebranding with the Galactic Alliance feels so much more in alignment with where you know our heart is, where um, our intentions are. And so if anyone out there has not heard about us, please check us out at thegalacticalliance.org. Sign up to be on our mailing list. You'll get two, I'll tell you right now, you know, we're trying to streamline, but for now, you'll get two emails a week that will be promoting those individuals speaking on Monday nights and those individuals speaking on Thursdays. And then, of course, our wonderful partners with Portal to Ascension and uh, Awaken Ascending as well as new realities uh, where all of our programming it, you can find us on any of these venues um, or I should say platforms because they will replay everything um, that happens so we're very excited very fortunate feel very very blessed um, I'm excited about the conference that we're doing and I hope that people out there that are listening to this you know if there's questions that you have, get a hold of our panelists. Um, I'm not sure if the chat goes up 
uh, when okay. the video I'll put it, but put the, um, yeah. how can people come to the conference next October to meet all these beautiful people? Absolutely. We will be having a conference October 13th, 14th, and 15th. That will be of in 2023. Colorado Springs of next 2023. Year. Yes. Um, and that will be in Colorado Springs. And then also in March on the 2nd, 3rd, 4th, and 5th, uh, we are going to have, um, a conference where all of our ambassadors will have an opportunity to share their stories and their expertise. And so, you know, please, I'm going to put all of our contact information in again, but get a hold of us. We'd love to have you to be part of this phenomenal organization that just keeps growing and expanding by leaps and bounds. Thanks to all of you. So thank you so much. Thank you, Sheila. Let's wrap Beautifully up. Beautifully said. Yes, very nicely said. Mm -hmm. and, and you mm -hmm. are an inspiration. I'm so happy Phil introduced oh. us. It changed all our timelines by him doing that. But let's wrap up um, because we have a whole full day tomorrow. So Phil, give us your closing tears. I mean, words. <laughs> oh, just so, I just want to thank you. Thank you all. You know, it's it's been an honor to participate in this as always. So I just want to thank you and thank all of you. God bless all of you, really. And do you have anything coming up, Phil? Any workshops, talks? Nah. No, come on. <laughs> all right. You have a mentorship No, I don't know. I, I can't think straight right now. I just, uh, yeah, all I've right. got mentorship programs, individual one-on-one -on -one small group things. I think, uh, Sheila, do I have a talk coming up with Galactic Alliance? I um, will have to look and see. Because that'll be Geraldine. I'd like to invite you to, uh, you know, to co-facilitate that one with me, and just basically just do, just just doing it, you know, every just a uh, moment to moment to moment, just staying in in the staying in the trying to stay in the zone, you know, staying in that centered in love and transparency and and. Uh, and that kiss, that sacred kiss again, mm. you know, sharing, because what it really means biblically is that they share the same breath. They share the same spirit. And I think we all do share that same breath, that mm. same spirit, that fellowship. You know what I mean? Thank you, Phil Gruber. Okay. Thank you. Welcome, Thank you. Alan Steinfeld. Thank you. Melanie, do you want to have any closing words for today and the whole day and where your vision of the future looks to? Uh, thank you. I, I do want to send my heartfelt thanks again to everybody that's organised this for the time and effort that you've put into bringing us all together and for those that have joined us. Um, I There has been a lot of information, amazing information that's been shared at this conference. So I, and I'm sure there's even more to come tomorrow. And so what I wish to say to those that are watching is that it's actually not just about the information that you've received, um, but how it resonates with you to find your truth within it. And then it's actually about what you choose to do with that information that is your truth. Because these, if it lands, if these words land for you, allow for them to go beyond being words and find a way in your own personal 
action to actually crystallize it into actually being a part of your life in whatever way is actually important to you. So it's never about the information, but what you choose to do with it and by you actually moving forward with it in some way allows you to actually be the change for yourself and, of course, and then for the collective. Um, my a quick little plug, my website, melanieware.org, if you'd actually like to um, communicate with me any further on socials. Um, I'm, I'm somebody that experiences open contact a lot and consciously, and most of the time I initiate it myself. Um, I, I astral project sort of seven nights a week, but I do it for my own personal transformation and growth. So whether you actually choose to use astral projection or any other form of modality, or like I mentioned, even stillness, find time for you to be tender with yourself for 10 to 15 minutes a day in stillness without the screens and, sim and the, sim the simulation environments, um, the simulating environments, and to also get yourself out in nature where possible, sit under a tree, be quiet, listen to the bird song, be with yourself, remind yourself of what your inner voice actually sounds like, listen to the beat of your own heart, to what the beat of the earth sounds like, um, and that's where you'll actually know more of yourself. So um, thank you again for being so present and for the opportunity. Yes. Yeah, I just want to ask you, do you teach astral projection? Do you, is that something you can show other people? Yeah, I do. I do teach it and I love to teach it. It's something I'm very passionate about. And um, so, yes, people can get in contact with, with me for that. I actually offer a lot of healing and trauma work through the astral projection as well, because when you enter a higher density version of yourself, you can actually access those fragmented aspects of self and actually see them and communicate with them and begin that process of transformation because transformation is a cycle. And so it actually begins. So within the astral state, you actually can blend and unite with these different aspects of self in a very conscious way. Again, a multi-dimensional way of, sort of looking at the healing. I do um, teach the astral and I hold open contact circles where I communicate with lots of different races. We all do within a circle once a month. So. Mm -hmm. Great, great, great. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Jimmy, how about you? Any final words for today? Uh, I just want to send my thanks and gratitude to all the panelists, uh, Sheila, Alan, Neil, of course, all my gratitude to uh, you guys and the trio. Uh, I would echo exactly what Melanie said, you know, learn to tune back into your own inner voice, inner teacher, get back in the nature. Everything we've shared as the speakers uh, this week, you know, or things uh, you all listening can experience as well. This isn't anything exclusive to any one individual. So um, yeah, thank you to all my fellow speakers for sharing your journeys too. It's been a pleasure to speak among all of you. And, uh, I'll be making, creating more projects down the road. So right. More. Thank you, Alan. Thanks for joining us here. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, Geraldine, uh, what do you have coming up? And... Um, What's your next kind of thesis? And I know you're formulating like a great gestalt of creation and DNA activation. So can you give us a little hint at what's, um, what's coming in your upcoming um, talks? Yeah, thank you so much. Um, uh, first of all, it was such an honor to be a part of this today. I wanna thank you so much, Neil, uh, Alan, Sheila for putting this together all the time and effort in creating such an incredible conversation. 
Um, and to all the panelists, again, such an honor to be with you guys and have these conversations. So um, for me, um, I will be speaking at the International Association for Near-Death Studies that's September 10th. Um, and then I'll be speaking at Google in two weeks here in San Francisco for Conscious Technology panel. So um, that would be great if you are in the San Francisco Bay Area. Wonderful to see you guys here. Um, and I will also be um, connecting with you at the next conference, and I think Sheila will probably talk about that in a minute for Portal to Ascension. If you guys want to learn more about the work that I do, you can visit my YouTube at Geraldine Orozco. And if you want to get a session with me, either clinical hypnotherapy work or uh, DNA reprogramming at GeraldineOrozco.com. And of course, my support group for all hybrids, experiencers, hybrid mothers, fathers around the world that are experiencing, um, please join my support group, which is uh, the first second Friday of every month. And we always have supportive um, events the second part of the month. So definitely join us. And again, it's an honor. Thank you so much. Oh, great. It's an honor for us. Thank you, Geraldine, you. for being here. I'll be in touch. And Sheila, um, why don't we talk, so besides what's coming up for all of us, why don't we talk about a little bit what's coming up uh, tomorrow? Yes. And maybe after Phil will sing us out. There you go. Okay, beautiful. So <laughs> we'll start again tomorrow at 10, which will be Pacific time. Then we start out with Jacqueline Smith at 1030 to 1130. We have Tyler Ellison from 1145 to 1245. He's a then channel for the Asasani. Mm -hmm. Young channel for the Asasani, yes. He's okay. phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then at one o'clock, we have the one and only Alan Steinfeld, who's going to present for us. Okay. From 2.15 to 3.15, we have Vivian Chavez, who will be uh, sharing with us the Arcturian perspectives. We have Marina Serene at uh, 3.30 to 4.30. And I want to say Marina is a firecracker. She has some very intense new information. You don't want to miss that because it's going to be, I think, controversial in our community. Which is good. It likes to stir things up. So definitely. And then after Serena. It will definitely be interesting. Uh, and then at 445 to 545, we have Barbara Lamb. And so after that, we have our panel. So we have a wonderful day lined out for you tomorrow. And we look forward to everyone being back with us. Yes, yes, yes. So anything else then, Sheila, that is coming up? You know, I think for tonight, that's that's probably it. I'll turn it over to Phil so you can sing us out, as Alan says. But you have to come um, off mute. Oh, well, I want to. Did you what did you ask me? Because Neil was on the phone there with me saying goodbye. But what, what were you asking, Sheila? Oh, I just said so I'm going to turn it over to Phil. And as Alan says, yeah. he can sing us out. Yeah, yeah. I just want to say, come to portaltoascension.org. Look up, if you haven't registered for this conference, you can see what everything going to happen today and everything that will happen tomorrow and the live conference. And go to my YouTube channel, also newrealitiesyoutube.com slash newrealities. I do about three or four of these live streams a day. It looks like. And meet me in Barcelona if you're somewhere in Europe. September 9th to the 11th. Okay, does, does Shamila want you? Sure. Uh, Phil, 
Does Shamila talk? People now smile on your brother. Everybody get together. Try to love one another right now. Right. Yay! <laughs> okay. Right. Thank you, everyone. Um, thank you, everyone, for being here in the chat. And Share this event with all of your friends. Have them to sign up tomorrow. Go to portaltoascension.org. And thank you, everyone, on YouTube. Thank you. So, okay. Thank you.